Hey guys, and welcome to episode one of the 318 Project. This is a podcast to help disciple and mentor men through godly principles to be the husbands, fathers, sons that we were created to be. So what exactly is the 318 Project? Well, it's a spiritual DIY project to help us as men grow in our faith as husbands, fathers, and sons to be the men that we are called to be through Christ Jesus. So what is discipleship? Well, according to Webster's Dictionary, discipleship in the Christian sense is the process of making someone become like Christ in every way. And how do you do that? Well, it's about being relational. You have to have a time and a sense with those around you that you are training up and discipling. So who was the key person that we look at when we look at discipleship? The first one is Jesus Christ. We see that he led and mentored various group sizes in different ways. He had crowds uh, following him, and a lot of times he had over 500 that he called disciples that would follow him and sit under his ministry and sermons. Then we later see that he had groups of 70 that he sent out two by two that he had trained um, in teaching and preaching and healing to then go and do those same skills. Then we see the group that he called his apostles, those that he had called the 12 that followed him. And they had those close relationships that they followed him, walked with him, had that relationship in an intimate, personal time of teaching, training, praying, and showing them by example, even in those times that after he had spoken with the multitudes and the crowds, that he then went further into explaining what he had ministered to them and explaining those principles to his disciples. Finally, we see that inner part, the core of who Jesus discipled. And that was those three that he had a very intimate, personal relationship with in discipleship. Those were Peter, James, and John. That at times when he would get away, pray, he would take them with him. And we would see that he would use them in those times later, uh, that they would emulate him. So how did the 318 Project come about? It came about through a desire to be able to mentor and disciple other men as well as I continue to grow, but to be able to share those principles that I have learned that have been instilled into me through through those men who have mentored me over my life, and especially in the last 10 years. Key men in my life, such as Jack King, Lee Grady, and my dad. So as we go with this podcast, we're going to be teaching kingdom principles through through scriptures and through books, uh, materials, and and over time having other people be able to share their thoughts of topics that we'll be discussing for helping men grow in our faith, uh, in our relationships, in our personal walk, in our finances, in our jobs, and just growing as men. So I want you to imagine with me that you're a fisherman during the time of Jesus. You've been out all night fishing, maybe caught some fish, you know, your normal routine, and now you're back at the docks. You're cleaning your nets and the gear when this man, Jesus, who you've heard about, actually kind of been in contact with, he comes up and asks you, 
if you can take the boat out uh, just a, a spell um, so that he can then talk to the crowds that are on the shore. During this time, you see how he speaks and shares with this crowd. You've seen how he heals, including your mother-in-law, uh, and prays with others. After this time of ministering, he turns to you and says, Follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. Sounds kind of strange and odd, doesn't it? Well, that's what happened with Peter that we read about in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And that's what we're going to be discussing today is the heart of Christ as he discipled not just Peter, but other disciples. Here are five key points that I want to help you mentor and disciple men just as Christ did. The first one is having a heart of discipleship. What is having that heart of discipleship? Well, we look at Jesus. He called each of the apostles personally. When he came in contact with them, he called them out to follow him. He saw something in them that he wanted to help grow. He had a deep love and concern for each of them, including Judas, who would later betray him. It's about finding that inner circle of friends that you can confide and pour into. This comes by being a blessing to encourage, affirm, and edify. We see this in Jesus that he spent time with them as they traveled after his sermons, after the multitudes had crowded around him, that he would get away, uh, usually in a boat going across the sea to the next town, or he would go up into the mountainside. This is the time that he would have that intense desire to pour into and mentor those that were following him closely. He would take that time to explain the the parables that he had spoken and, and, and preparing them for the trials and persecutions they would be facing later on in their lives. And, and not for so much because of who they were, but because of who they were representing. They were representing Christ because Christ was living inside them. Just as we are today, we have Christ living in us that we can share the gospel and that when people persecute us and come against us, it's not so much us personally, but it is that is Christ that is living inside of us that they are against. But mentoring and discipleship is seeing a potential in someone else that you want to then help train up and encourage and instill principles that they can then fulfill the potential in them of being a godly man. So the second thing then we look at is a means to disciple. We do this through teaching and warnings through wisdom. We look at Jesus and how he faced trials and temptations. He spoke these same things to his disciples to watch and pray and be prepared in that how they would be attacked. He tells them that the enemy is going to come at them as a roaring lion, seeking to destroy them. He would build them up when they felt like they had failed and encourage them because he saw that potential in each and every one of them. This doesn't always come about simply by loving on them and blessing them and encouraging them, but it also at times comes with correction. 
it even talks about says sometimes the father corrects his sons and daughters because he loves them. So sometimes things come about through correction that we need that helps us grow. And we see that with Christ when he did that with Peter. Uh, he kind of rebuked him at one point saying, get thee behind me, Satan, because Peter was discouraging him of how he was talking to the other disciples about his crucifixion to come. And that's what we sometimes as mentors have to do with those that we are helping and growing. Sometimes they may have fear, doubt, insecurities, that negative talk of I'm not good enough. I'm, And we sit there and we have to not just say, no, you're not, but sometimes don't think that way and, and, and have a firm tone of correction out of love that we want to see them grow. The third thing that we look at is the goals of discipleship. The purpose of that, to see those that we are mentoring and discipling, we want to see them grow in their maturity and in the relationship with God and Christ. Also in their relationships with their families, their spouses, their children, their co-workers, their friends. This comes not by mentoring in a position that you're over them as domineering and this is how you do it because I've told you to, or you answer to me, you follow me, you've got to do the things that I'm telling you. But it's being as a brother lifting each of them up. The goal also is to have that fire that burns inside of us that allows it to spread to others. Christ had a fire that burned in him that he allowed to spread as a radiant heat to those disciples and others that followed him. He allows them to see the balance of Scripture and God's power in his life. And that's the same thing with us. We need those around us to see the power of Christ in our lives as it radiates from us to others, especially those that we are mentoring. We may not be physically or consciously mentoring, but there are people always watching us, and there are people that are keeping an eye on what we say and do. But there are times that we are mentoring. We have that person that we're taking the time, pouring into their life um, to see them grow, to see a potential in them. And we allow them to grow. And how do we do that? We allow them to listen and watch and see us. Are they going to emulate you? Not always. There may be some key little things that they may pick up from you, those quirks, personality traits, whatever it may be. But you're allowing them to see your mistakes. At the same time, though, you are being a model of faith. Christ was that model of faith for his disciples. Yes, they they had their faults and failures, but we see later on how their faith impacted others in the growing of the church. Another thing with the goals of discipleship is to help those that you're training up find their spiritual gifts that God has for them and how to use that gift to reach others. Sometimes we sit there and say, well, I don't know what my gift is. Some people are called, as as we see later on in scriptures, it talks about there are those that are called to preach, teach, minister. They have a heart for giving. There are those that have a heart for teaching, discipling. There are those that are called to be pastors or evangelists, or teachers. But it's taking the time to 
pray with them and train them. And and when you see that potential to allow God to speak through you and prophesy into that person of that potential. And that was what happened with me. Uh, I had people that poured into my life and, and told me things that I'd never thought I would be able to do much like this podcast that I thought I would be able to stand up in front of people and speak or talk to people and teach. But over the years, when I share, yes, it's a lot easier for me to share one-on-one with people and share the scriptures and share thoughts uh, to encourage and motivate uh, and bless and be able to pray with those in that one-on-one situation. But at times I've been able to be used to teach classes or larger groups. And through that, through those times that I've seen how God has used me, and that's because of the potential that I had. And it's about speaking life into each and every one through that encouragement, prayer, and praise. But like we said before, it's also a time of maybe through correction, but it's through love. Like I said, there were some key men in my lives, especially in these last 10 years, that have been that mentor. I've always had my dad who I looked up to, but he's been there in teaching and guiding me throughout my life of being a man and and the responsibilities of being a husband and a father. Ten years ago, a man came into my life, Jack King, who spoke into my life when I met him, and he encouraged me to achieve certain goals, and it was a challenge, but he saw something in me from that start that I never had seen, and then over the time that I was able to work with him and travel with him uh, on trips to different locations around the world and just see how he then ministered to other people and poured into that and then how he challenged me uh, in different ways as uh, growing in my spiritual walk. And then in the last couple years, that transitioned over to now being mentored and discipled by a friend, uh, a dear friend, Lee Grady, who again saw some potential in me and has been pouring into my life. But it's not always has to be through a direct contact with a person. It, it's great because that's what we need as men. We need that contact of having someone pour into our lives face to face. And in the times that we're facing now, it may be through other it may be through other avenues such as podcasts or videos. But there are other ways for us as men to grow spiritually. Yes, we should have that daily devotion in the Word each and every day. But there are other books and materials that we have access to that can help us to train to be better husbands, fathers, sons. But again, this is a time that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and minister to us and through us to those that we are mentoring to allow God to speak through us to them. The fourth thing I want to talk about is the cost of discipleship. What is it that it's actually costing? It may not be a financial or a fiscal sacrifice in a sense, but there are things that you do leave behind, that old self. We see that the apostles, when Christ called them, they walked away from their livelihoods. It talks about Peter, James, and John, how they laid down the nets and walked away from the shipping industry. Matthew walked away from being a tax collector. Luke turned away from being a physician. Each of them had a career or a job that they gave up to follow Christ. There are some people that give up a secular job 
to become pastors or other leaders in ministry. There are those that leave corporate jobs to go become missionaries in a third world country. But at the same time, Christ wasn't just wanting them to leave their homes and their families and their jobs. It was more of a sacrifice of themselves. They were getting rid of their self and following Christ to be more like him. And that's what we do as mentors when we disciple someone. We're not telling them, hey, you've got to leave your family, leave your job and move in with me or follow me in every step that I do and you know, completely emulate me. But we start teaching them godly principles, kingdom principles that help them to grow closer to God, closer to their families, closer to their children, showing them that though you have grown in your spiritual walk, we still have faults and failures. Another thing with the cost of discipleship is showing those that you are mentoring that even though you are growing spiritually and as they are growing spiritually, that we still have our faults and failures. We still have our days that life gets to us and we feel frustrated, we feel uh, fatigued, we may feel the strains of finances. There's times that we get angry and upset with our, our spouse, our families, our kids, the job, the traffic. But sometimes it's allowing yourself to be transparent in front of them and even sharing with them, hey, these are my areas of weakness. These are my areas that I'm struggling with at times. This lets them know that you're not this perfect person and that they can still grow. It doesn't give you a free ticket to just do whatever you want and say, oh, um, I'm good because I'm being transparent. I'm okay. I can still do these things. But it's allowing those that you are discipling to see that we have those daily struggles with, with things in our lives. But at the same time, it allows them to see how we overcome it and that it's not in ourselves, but it's when we take that time to read the Word and to pray uh, and allow God to heal us. It's also times that we show them that there are those times that we need to recharge and refresh, that we can't just be consumed with everything throughout the days. There are also times that we need to be able to show those that we are discipling that there are times that we need to be able to get away and recharge and refresh and that they aren't alone when they have these struggles, uh, insecurities and fears, or just feeling tired and overwhelmed that there's a times, there's moments that you can show them, Hey, there's a point that we need to recharge uh, and get refreshed sometimes through the word, sometimes through prayer, sometimes just getting away from the busyness of, of things around our lives. This also helps us to see and know that the enemy is coming against us in our thoughts. Another thing is to be able to know that there is an enemy out there that is coming against us with thoughts of jealousy, maybe shame of our past, thoughts of I'm not good enough, I can't do this, I've how could I be called to do this if I don't know what it's about? Anything that Satan may try and come against you to discourage you or tempt you. And this is taking the time to show them that we can't do it on our own. This is those times that you can show them and train them of how to be aware of those weaknesses in their lives and at the same time stay humble and allow God to work in their lives. Then there's those times that we have to remind 
not just them, but even ourselves, that it isn't about the big numbers. Jesus wasn't about the big numbers with the multitudes and the crowds. Even when there was the large crowds, he broke them up into smaller groups of 50s and 100s that we see. So many times we see ministers and and people that are consumed with the numbers. Hey, I've led this many to the Lord, or I have this many in our church. But it's not about the numbers. Sometimes for us, that mentor, it is about that one person. It may be that one person that we can mentor and train that we may see later on that that's the one person that then is able to reach the tens, the hundreds, the thousands. So it may not be about us having the big numbers, but we may be training and discipling that person that will have the big numbers. But at the same time, it's reminding them that it's not about it because we, it's not about how many we reach, how many we lead to salvation or that we teach or preach to. Many times it's the most effective is when we are doing it one-on-one. The fifth and final thing that I want to share about is that power of discipleship. This comes with time. This is not always instant results. This comes by loving, praying, and encouraging them to grow. And that hope that they will do greater things than you, that they are they will extend further than you have done. Just like fathers. Uh, we as dads, we want to see our sons and daughters uh, achieve greater things than we have done. Do more than what we have accomplished in life. It's also about finding and opening those opportunities for them to grow. Sometimes it's about finding and opening those doors and opportunities for them to grow. Like I was talking before, it is about us seeing that potential in someone But then at the same time, we don't want to hinder that potential. We want to be able to encourage it, uh, give them those opportunities, whether it's a speaking time, a teaching uh, to a group or a class, or just simply sharing their testimony to a group. And at the same time, it's through encouraging them to take that chance with those opportunities. Yes, there may be those moments that we feel insecure and scared, but it is showing them that you see that potential in them. And Jesus did this with his disciples later on in John 14, 12. He says that you would do greater works than me. He saw that potential. He knew that they were going to do, that they were going to reach more people than he had. Again, he poured into those disciples, not just the 12 apostles, but into those others. And then later on in the first part of Acts, We see in that upper room, the 120 that were there praying. And then afterwards, we see how the church grew from that, uh, that they poured into people's lives and led not just the handful to salvation, but thousands. And the church grew from there because Jesus saw that potential in Peter, James, John, Andrew, and the rest of the disciples. And that's what we should do. We should... But then also we have to show them that there are times that we need to be loud and not timid. So many times there are some of us, and myself included, that is not that vocal person. We tend to shy away from things. We will share our thoughts and opinions, but we are not that outspoken person. And that's what we see in the disciples. Some of those were those timid, quiet men. But later on we see how they 
we see how through the Holy Spirit they were given boldness to share their faith, to even die for their faith in Christ. We also see how Paul tells Timothy about not being timid. Second Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But this is where we have that opportunity to mentor and disciple other men. Some of us may be saying, well, how can I disciple? Who I'm too old to disciple or I'm too young. If you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, you can mentor and disciple other men. Hey guys, I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the 318 Project. And if you've been listening to it through Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio, be sure to like it and leave a comment. So thanks again, and God bless, and remember to let's keep building kingdom men.